Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Welcome to Amazing Grace. The sound isn't that sweet because it's just me and Joel. But yeah. uh, it's growing, <laughs> growing in grace. Glad to have you with us. Please put up with us. Yes. <laughs> do what you can. Do your best. <laughs> do your best. <laughs> yes. Try harder. Try harder to get past how we sound. Because if you don't love us, then you're breaking God's law and you're cursed. That's simply put, the way it is. I sure I shouldn't be laughing because people hear that stuff every week in religious circles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying to put their religious circles where squares should be, and they're getting it all messed up. Yeah, <laughs> trying to put the square in the round hole, right? Yes. You know, we we do a lot of law talk on this podcast, but it's it's for a reason, of course. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago. It's kind of how we started off, you know, talking about how we're so frustrated. It's a real genuine frustration that we have that that we even really have to talk about this stuff. But yet there are so many places in today's modern church uh, where the law is taught as part of our lives in Christ, and we're continually wanting to, you know, counter that idea. You know, if if you're a new listener or if if you're a a legalist listening in, just want to hear what we're about, (laughs) we want to let you know we're not against the law of God. The law of God is good, just, and holy. It has a purpose. God designed it with something specific in mind. It was meant to be the ministry of death, condemnation, the ministry that led people to Christ. It was good for that. That's what the law is good for. And then once in Christ, a person dies to everything, the entire purpose of the law, because its purpose has been fulfilled. And the person is now in Christ and is living by a completely new thing. In this new covenant, we don't live by rules and laws anymore. We live by the very life of Christ, the Holy Spirit in us. And now some people then will say, well, see, it's Christ in us. It's the Holy Spirit in us that empowers us to follow the law or to keep the law. There's so many scriptures that go against that idea. So we'll, uh, we'll chat about some of that this week here on Growing in Grace. There are those, Joel, who, uh, picking up on where you just left off, some will say that the law of God that came through Moses is an expression of God's character. I'm not going to argue that, all right? Uh, I, I would say it a little bit differently. In fact, I've, I've said it this way, that the law was a reflection of God's perfection. And the reason I even come up with that phrase, a lot of that comes from the Sermon on the Mount, specifically Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus said, where Jesus taught the law, and he taught it in a way that the, the Jewish people had never heard it before. He elevated it to uh, let people know that you may think you're keeping it, but you've relaxed a lot of it, and you're really not keeping it, and the requirement is you shall be perfect. But the law could make nothing, could not bring perfection to us. It makes nothing perfect. And for some to say it really wasn't just a a set of rules, well, it really was. But like what you were saying, Joel, um, just to clarify again and to repeat this in case somebody missed it, the law had this high holy standard, and it, it was 
the law itself was perfect, but it couldn't provide us with that perfection. It was righteous. It was good. And we're not here to say we're against the law. It has a purpose. And it can be a good thing when used in the way that it was meant to be used. But it was not meant for the righteous believer in Christ. We have no relationship to it. So it, there, were, there were these rules. There were these written requirements that I believe it was in, in Colossians where it says that they were, were nailed to the cross. They were against us. Uh, they did not provide us with life or righteousness. And so if you think following the law will lead to some sort of place that is, is more accepted, uh, more established, you're fooling yourself. It will not cause you to flourish. None of us can follow the law. We, we can't. And for those who think that you might agree with much of what I've said, but you may be one of those people who thinks, well, now that Jesus came, died, and rose again and lives in us, he is now going to help us fulfill the law. Well, now, why would Jesus want to help us fulfill something where the Scripture says we're freed from it and we're dead to it? It wouldn't make any sense. Besides that, in Romans chapter 8, Paul said, that Jesus fulfilled the law in us. He's not fulfilling the law. He fulfilled the law in us. He condemned sin. It was a finished work. Sometimes I wonder, Joel, in the, in the church world, if somebody misunderstood and quoted Jesus with his last words on the cross, I wonder if they think he said, it is not finished. We're going to take away from the finished work of the cross. We're going to dilute it. We're going to diminish it, at least in the minds of the people, when we try to communicate either modern law or old mosaic law as a way to life. Yeah, I mean, that is that is what a person has to do. If they're, if they're going to say that we're to follow the law of God, they're going to have to dilute it. Because, <laughs> again, we can't emphasize this enough, there's 613 commandments. So, if Jesus is enabling us... If Jesus were to be enabling us to keep the law, he would be enabling us to keep 613 commandments. But otherwise, we have to pick and choose. We have to water it down. And so here's the thing. Which laws are the laws that Jesus is enabling us to keep, if indeed that's what he's doing? Is it the Ten Commandments? Well, of course, we can look at the Ten Commandments you know, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. That's all good stuff. And so we think, okay, so God is enabling us through Christ to keep those ones. But again, what about the Sabbath? Is he enabling you to do no work whatsoever on Friday evening until Saturday evening? Is that what Christ is doing in you? Well, uh, mm, uh, because the punishment for that was death, by the way, if you didn't keep the Sabbath. Okay, so we're going to keep the Nine Commandments. But what about those other ones? Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandments? He gave two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, surely we're to keep those commandments then, right? Leviticus 19, that's where it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus 19, 18. Well, surely we should keep that. Well, if we're going to keep that one, then isn't uh, Jesus enabling us to keep all the other commandments that are around that one as well? Such as, <laughs> just a few verses uh, below that, where, G where the law says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It says in, verse, uh, in Leviticus 19, 19, you shall not sow your field with mixed seed, nor shall a garment of mixed linen and wool come upon you. 
So if God is enabling us to keep the commandments, you shouldn't be wearing a shirt that has wool and other kinds of linen mixed in with it. <laughs> and you shouldn't have your garden out back with all kinds of different uh, seed planted in it. That's a no-no. Jesus should be enabling you to keep that law if he's enabling us to keep those laws. And then just a few verses below that, down in verse 27, you shall not shave around the sides of your head, nor shall you disfigure the edges of your beard. Well, is Jesus enabling you to keep that law? (laughs) So we're trying to just point out how silly it is to think that Jesus in us is enabling us to keep the law, if that were the case. We would be so on such a roller coaster ride, picking and choosing we're following this law, but we're not following that law. Jesus is enabling us to keep this law, but not that law. When in reality, the real choice that we have is you either keep the law completely or you realize you're dead to it. You have nothing to do with it, no relationship with it whatsoever. And we bear the fruit of the spirit by resting and abiding in Christ in the vine as a branch rather than trying to think that Jesus is enabling us to do all these things. Yeah, that was a lot of good stuff there, Joel. And, um, and, and going back to uh, Deuteronomy 12, God said that nothing shall be added to it, nothing shall be taken away from it, referring to that law. And so you, you can't break it up, you see, so because there are those who would say, well, some of those Jewish laws, they're gone. They don't get real specific always on which ones, at least I haven't seen the the full list yet, the ones that are gone and the ones that were kept. Mm -hmm. Because even you mentioned, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. That wasn't written in stone, was it? That wasn't one of the top ten. So Mm -hmm. the point is, which which laws, is it just the top ten? No, because there's this other one that we just mentioned. And then there's other ones beyond that. And... uh, I would imagine that in this day and age, Joel, since you can't shave the sides of your face, you would have to get somebody else to do it for you. <laughs> I mean, would that be one way to get around that law? I, Loopholes. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and that's the kind of thing the Pharisees did that Jesus jumped on them about. They they would tweak the laws and the rules. They were ever-changing, you know? There was just this constant we, – we even see the same thing with laws in our land today. They they evolve. They change. They They get amended. That wasn't meant to be the case with the law of God that came through Moses. And that, that's what this comes down to, is where at in the scriptures does it tell us which laws were really thrown out and which ones were kept? The truth is, you couldn't do it. Nobody can tell you that, because even though there are those who will try, they will advocate such a thing without being very specific usually. You can't do it because they were never meant to be broken up. The law was a package. You couldn't break it up. It was not an a la carte type of uh, option. And we've talked before about You you mentioned the Sabbath, Joel, and that's a top ten. Who's Mm -hmm. keeping that? (laughs) Hardly anybody. And and yet there was was a guy who was picking up firewood uh, on the Sabbath and was killed for it. He was put to death. He, He broke the law. And some might say, well, that kind of punishment was done away with since the cross. I agree. But the reason the punishment was done away with is because the whole covenant. The whole thing. Yeah, and the the entire law within that covenant came to an end and was replaced with a new ministry. Yep. 2 Corinthians 3 says that the law, the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, had glory. Oh, my goodness, what glory it had. 
but <laughs> that glory passed away. It's done and gone. It's no longer there because the ministry of the Spirit, 2 Corinthians 3 says, is far more glorious and has taken over uh, for that old ministry. The ministry of death and condemnation has been replaced by the ministry of the Spirit. And so 2 Corinthians 3 goes on to say that where the Lord, it says that the Lord is Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. See, there was no liberty in the law, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, where that ministry is, there is liberty. But we with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord, not by the law. And Cap, you brought up something earlier in the podcast, this whole idea about the law being an expression of God's character. I know we uh, we hear that so much that we might even think that the Bible actually says that. And I know that you were kind of saying that you don't agree with that. Uh, so is the law an expression of God's character? You know, the Bible says that there was a change of priesthood and therefore there was a change of the law. But the Bible also says that God doesn't change. And so if the law was changed, how could it be an expression of God's character if he doesn't change? Well, we'll talk about that next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.